Alright. Ready? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hello. Mm. <laughs> Off to a great I don't start remember how I start this. Just hello and welcome. That's okay, that is what I usually do. Hello and welcome to OL Redbird, a podcast about just kind of everything that uh, two millennials find interesting and about us just sort of figuring out life as we go. Mm-hmm. Um, my name is Alexander. I'm the elder half of this podcast couple pair. <laughs> Mind meld. <laughs> and I'm joined by... I'm Jasmine. I'm the other half of this... I'm the younger half of this podcast pair duo whatever. Yeah, that's me. I don't know why I snapped. This is an audio podcast <laughs> where we value good audio quality. Um, so, as we usually do, uh, Jasmine, how's your two weeks been? Yes, it's been... It's been, like, both, like, a busy and not busy two weeks. Like, we took last week off, slash, like, I've just had, like, just not enough time to, like edit together like our last episode and like it's it is up now for anybody's listening um everything but it was just also just like things that just were coming up on a tuesday and like family stuff and just like my parents being like we're hanging out on tuesday and i'm like do i have a say in this and they're like "Eh, not really and i'm like you know all right or just um Driving down to Tacoma and hanging out at Tacoma, and that's where my Nobody partner lives. Nobody wants to lives. do that. Um, Nobody wants to hang out in Tacoma. Yeah, I'm. Well, Tacoma's okay. It's. I mean, if anything, it's actually got like a decent. I guess I should say like a cheap, a cheap, and also um, kind of uh, popping nightlife. Because, um... I'm Cheap, gr- I believe, because there's not, like, anything down there is not going to be competing. It's, you know... Yeah, there's, The like, market there's, is very different. Yeah, there's nothing out there, because that's, like, the most, like, you know, that's, um, the biggest town within, you know, I don't know, 10, 10, 15 mile radius or whatever. Um, and it's also, like, a port town, so it's kind of got that industry, so it's, like, a little bit richer than, like, the neighboring towns because of that, too, but... Um, my partner and I went to, uh, uh, what did we do? We, we just went out on Saturday cause I was over hanging out with them and we were like, let's, let's, let's just go to like a, let's just go to a bar for dinner tonight. Like we'll just get like fries and a, and a side. Fair enough. Yeah. And also just like to check out like Tacoma cause like neither of us had really like hung out in Tacoma for like an extended period of time like that anyway. So I figured we'd check out downtown and. It, it, like, we got there, first of all, we got there at, like, 6 p.m., and we didn't have to pay for parking in downtown Tacoma, and both of us were like, um, what, what do you mean we don't have to pay? What, what do you mean? Like, <laughs> I'm expecting, like, a $10 charge here, at least, at least, but no, it was, it was, it was nothing. Um, huh. For one, for two, we the place that we originally were gonna go to was like I don't know, it was like a 
it was a bar arcade, but there was, like, no seating, so, and it was just, like, really busy, so we're like, okay, well, we can just find another, like, a pub down the street or whatever. There's, like, six restaurants that I can, like, see right now, and we just, like, walked along the street, and, like, every single one we went into was, like, it's, like, an hour wait, or, like, you walk up to it, and you just know that it's going to be too busy until we finally got to, like, the last one on That's the street crazy. that we were on. Yeah, and there was, like, one table left like right by the door and we're like this is the one that we're just gonna we're just gonna deal with um and again this is also like a saturday night there's football happening there's that and that but it was also we were both just like why is it so busy what's going on um but yeah it's just been it's just been a lot of like just a lot of things happening at times that like times in the evening for me and like me being the person with a with a less uh rigid schedule makes it harder to uh to reschedule mm. podcast things when we're um when like things come up for me on like in the evenings and stuff so yeah it's just been it's just been a lot of that and um i don't know it's i feel like there's been other it, it it, like I said, it's literally just been like mistimed everything that's happening and uh, whatever. But back on schedule today, and that's what matters. And hopefully, gonna keep that streak going. But yeah, that's been <laughs> that's been my two weeks of both a lot of stuff and also almost nothing. What have you that's been fair. up to? <laughs> I. Was also incredibly busy last week. I'm going to give you the crap, because you let me blame you. Yeah, but I'm, again. <laughs> realistically, it was both of us. Mm-hmm. Um, I was... So, last Saturday was my first ever dance competition. Mm-hmm. Which, it was pretty chill. It was pretty low-key. It was an in-house, um, like, Justin Arthur Murray competition. Um, so that means it's not like I was, you know, competing with tons of other really fancy people kind of thing. Was there like awards and stuff? Like, so not on an individual level, it was studio. So it was us, Austin, West Side and College Station or something like Mm -hmm. that. I don't remember what the other studios are. Um... Like, you told who, me, you told me that it was a competition and everything, but for yeah. some reason, I think because normally, like, you just do, like, showcases and stuff, I still, yep. like, I heard, I heard and I read competition, and I, like, computed it as, like, showcase, so. Yeah. I didn't, no, it was an actual, genuine competition. Mm-hmm. Um, I could talk about that. Uh, yeah. I never understood... Um, why artists would talk about how they hated their writing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, you had artists who were like, I can't stand looking at any of my old write- any of my old art. Um, or I can't stand it looking at any of my old writing. Like, I can't read it. I'm like, I don't understand this. I write for me. Like, mm-hmm. what I write is for me. It's good, and I enjoy it because I wrote it. Mm-hmm. And I made a story that I care about. Um, so like even, even 
Hylord's War, which is the book that I printed off six copies of. It's a 250,000 word novel that's garbage. It's terrible. I will still read it, and it'll be cringy to read because it's like just not good writing. Like I'm like, oh, I'm such a better writer than this. But I still enjoy it. Like I still will catch myself getting sucked in. Mm-hmm. Um, now I understand that sentiment that artists have. <laughs> um, because I can't stand my watching the videos of me dancing. Mm. Um, like I didn't give myself enough time. I ended up going ahead and watching them real soon after the competition. Oh, that's not. Uh, which means I didn't give myself enough time to like enjoy. Yeah. The fact that like I was like, all right, I had some mistakes, I made some issues, but like overall, I think I did pretty decent. Um, and then I watched one of them and I'm like, I look like trash. Mm. Uh, went to my old instructor and was like, all right, go through, like, give me, give it to me straight. How bad do I look? Do I look better than I used to? Uh, cause I'm like, I look like garbage and I don't think I look any, I don't think I've improved markedly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also am way more knowledgeable in dance than I was two years ago. Right. So like, <laughs> uh, I might've improved dramatically, but I mean, you probably have considering, I think again, it's, I mean, it's like you were saying, it's like a combination of both that you are more knowledgeable and therefore you can point out your mistakes, but also like you have still been doing this for however many years, however many times a week. I know it's a lot. <laughs> That's all yeah. I know. So it's like you have improved your, but your eyes just become like good enough. Your eye for dance has become good enough that you're like, all you can see are the mistakes, which yeah, understandable. But continue. Uh, but no, so like it's kind of kind of the first time I've understood, like genuinely understood. You know, I've always been like, okay, cool, I get it. Like angsty artist is kind of the thing artists are supposed to be. And I'm like, but, like, that's not healthy. That's a bad way to think about things. Like, you know, you got to do it a little more like, you know, it makes more sense if you do it the way I do it. And, like, just appreciate the fact that you made art for yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now I'm like, ah. Uh, all the the advice I would think of is correct. But it's a lot harder to apply when you hate your own. When you're like, I oh, hate yeah. this. Um, and I feel like it's also different. Like, when you're talking about something that's, like, when it's you. Like, when, you, when you're when you looking at you, yourself, doing a thing. Like... Right. I mean, again, it's, never... it's different for, like, you know, from person to person even still. Because, like, you know, even yeah. all, all art is, like, an extension of yourself. Blah, blah, blah. Cliche, cliche, cliche. But it's still... Yeah, but I've never had this issue as it directly relates to my writing. And I've written probably over a million words in my life. Like, some of those old essays are hard to read. You know, some of the old shorts are real hard to read. Right. Uh, Especially out loud. Like, but I can still do it and still be like, you know what? That was, at the very least, it's like the, it was, I was like, oh yeah, no. I get drawn into my own writing. This one was, uh... Uh, now with the, I'm like, no, I just, I just hate it. It's terrible. It's awful. It's the worst. Mm -hmm. 
And I'm like, that's interesting. That's new. Yeah. I mean, again, um, like, to, like, not to, like, take away from, from your thing or anything, but, um, like, I, I get a similar thing whenever, like, I look at, like, old, like, cosplay photos and stuff. It's, like, mm-hmm. on the one hand, like, I guess, I guess my, my comparison here is that, like, with cosplay photos, it's, like, I still, to an extent, because I know that there are elements that I was decent at even, like, a couple years ago when I was just starting at, like, doing cosplay and stuff. It's, like, I still look at, like, old cosplay photos and I'm, like, oh, I did this, this, and this wrong. But I can still, like, take it in stride and post it or whatever because I'm also, like, you know, but, like, this this could have been worse and, like, this is pretty, this is a pretty decent aspect yeah. of Yeah, cosplay is actually another one I imagine will be... Yeah. But, like, I like, know with, like, um, to, like, bring it back a little bit back to you, it's, like, as far as, like, dance goes and stuff, it's, like, I know, especially now that I've been doing more, like, like, video, like, panels and, like, all that kind of stuff with cosplay, that, I can't even, I can't watch that shit right now. Like, I'm, like, if there's yeah. any sort of, like, any of that element to it, I'm, like... I can't look at it or else I'm going to criticize every aspect of that. So it's like, I think that it just, I mean, I don't know. I don't know, but like, I empathize. (laughs) Definitely. Uh, It was interesting. It was an interesting problem to run into. And like, I've gotten used to seeing myself on video. I don't like, and I've talked about it before. Like, I don't like the way I currently look. I want to kind of like slim down and make, and, but I also acknowledge like, that's not the healthy way to look at myself. Right. Uh, but also I'd like to be able to actually like feel like I'm in like fighting trim again. Yeah. So like it's a split of like I want to get healthier for like regular healthy reasons. Mm-hmm. But also I don't like the way I look. Um, which is doubly bad when I'm dancing and moving inelegantly knowing how elegantly I should be moving. Right. Uh, but like I got used to myself on video and I'm used to listening to myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I did a lot of like little video, like little experiment attempts at YouTube videos and stuff, mm-hmm. or YouTube channels. Uh, also, I don't know if I've said it, but your your Spider Gwen, yeah, uh, cosplay is awesome. Oh, thanks. <laughs> uh, like you just reminded me. I'm like, I really like it. Just I was like, no, you look like Gwen. Oh, <laughs> um, you. that's like the first like female cosplay that I've like done in like. Was that the first one that I ever did? I still need your help finding a uh, red trench coat, by the way. I can, That's become a very pressing problem. Oh, yeah. uh, Because I need to find a red trench coat and a big, properly broad, floppy-brimmed red hat. (laughs) Uh, And that's all I need. Like, that's it. It's an easy easy costume. uh, Because otherwise it's black undergarments. You know, like underclothing. And I'm like, that's easy. I can do that. I can yeah. do black all all the time. I mean, now that the spirit Halloweens are open, like if anything, you'll be able to. I don't find know a... if I'm gonna find a red trench coat there. Well, not a red trench coat, but you might be able to find a big enough hat, and even mm-hmm. if it's something like. Um, even I mean, fallback like... is a red fedora. Yeah, which. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, if, if you if you gotta, I guess, but what I mean, I don't know how much you want to, how much money you want to put into this or anything, which. I assume it's very little um, budgets, but like you it's can... a cosplay budget, not a fair enough, fair enough. Um, it's a casual cosplay budget. Yeah, but you can very easily find like a 
pretty big, like, even if it's just a big black pirate hat or whatever at, at Spirit Halloween. Um, there's also, like, nice. a 20% gift or 20% uh, coupon going around. Um, uh, fun fact, y'all, if you go onto, like, the Spirit Halloween website and sign up, they give you a 20%, like, uh, 20% hmm. off, like, coupon or whatever. So have at that. And then, like, even if you just, like, spray paint, spray paint it red or whatever, it's, like, easy enough. And spray paint's pretty cheap, too, if you go to, like, Michael's. And, again, they have – Michael's and Joann's have coupons out the ass, so you'll be able to get spray paint pretty cheap. And Yeah. So. Yeah, and I figure the red hat should be the easy part. A red trench yeah. coat should trench also be easy. Be what? Except I'm in Texas. Yeah. And I'm looking for a men's red trench coat. Yeah. Women's red trench coats are real easy to find, but if I if I wasn't a broad-shouldered, like, really broad-shouldered dude, mm-hmm. I might try to find one that I could get away with. But, like, yeah. I have really broad shoulders. Yeah. And even um, that, I'm like... I mean, that's another thing. Fabric dyeing is a lot more messy and difficult than, like, just spray-painting a hat or whatever. But... Yeah, somebody recommended I get a white trench coat, like a yeah. white cloth trench coat, and That's fabric diet. Yeah. Uh, which would be an adventure in itself. Yeah. If that's something you want to, like, partake in, I mean, it's, that's the... That's probably the easy, like... Well, On the other hand, now Amazon's showing me a bunch of really cool trench coats, mm-hmm. and I am tormented by the fact that I am a... Uh, uh, sucker for fancy coats <laughs> and want them all <laughs> um, the real issue is like ordering a coat off Amazon is just just complicated enough like knowing size wise oh yeah that it's hard also like the red trench coats I can find are Asian yeah um, which uh I don't usually fit Asian clothing very well. Mm-hmm. I feel that. Um, also, the idea of running around in a wool trench coat all day. Ooh. While hilarious, will possibly kill me. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I was super... And the, the competition itself was real fun. Like, in, the, in a way that was surprising how, like, easy and relaxed I was. Mm-hmm. Because um, I would have expected it to be, you know, stressful, like, you know, mildly, like, oh, my turn's up, I'm getting nervous, right? Mm-hmm. None of that. Just went straight into it, no issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just fun. Um, <laughs> made mistakes, hate my own... Uh, but yeah, so my last week was crazy because we were, we had that hospital camp back, which means I was super busy at work. Mm-hmm. And then my usual quiet day, which was the Friday, we had another event. So I was super busy at work all week. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't get most of my like, not routines for the competition, but like patterns that I should know that we would primarily use with the steps that I should be using. Mm-hmm. Um, until like... Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So I was drilling Tuesday through Friday, two to three hours a week at dance mm-hmm. um, to memorize patterns. 
So I was crazy busy. Mm-hmm. Um, and on top of that, like, my Saturday was a competition that went from, like, 11 to 4.30. Mm. And then I went straight out to a date that went to 1 a.m. <laughs> and I proceeded to fall asleep Sunday night at 2 a.m. Or, like, 2.30. Wake up at 7.30 because my body hates me. Mm-hmm. And apparently I don't bounce back from uh, five hours of sleep the way I used to. Because <laughs> I got, like, a good solid eight hours you know, the, uh, like last or Sunday night, mm-hmm. uh, woke up and felt just like utter shit. Oh yeah. Uh, and it was like, am I getting sick or am I just exhausted? Came home yesterday, went to bed at like nine thirty again. Cause I hit the point where I was like just tired enough that I was grumpy and paranoid mm-hmm. and I couldn't figure out why I was paranoid. I'm like, I'm going to go to bed and see if I'm paranoid in the morning. <laughs> Uh, turns out I was grumpy and paranoid because I was tired. There you go. Uh, but that's always a fun one where you're like, I'm mad and like taking offense at things that don't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Should probably go to sleep. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the perils of getting old is apparently you can't bounce back from, uh, um, what amounts to five hours of sleep. <laughs> Uh, which is weird because like I do that all the time when I'm playing video games. Yeah, six hours is usually my like baseline, mm-hmm. and I'm fine. Uh, cool. That that's been our crazy two weeks. I, honestly, like we probably, even if I'm gonna give you crap for like, be being busy, we didn't have time last yeah. week to yeah. record a podcast. Uh, not the first time. Not gonna be the last time. No, that's adult life, y'all. Um, I will say that is one of the most interesting things about... So, I haven't been... or hadn't been on a proper date in eight years. Mm -hmm. If you don't count me asking you out on dates and you not realizing they were dates. (laughs) I In like eight years. So, I haven't Mm -hmm. dated since what amounts to high school. Mm-hmm. Not even college, really. Um, plus, I was like always a really serious person back in high school. Uh, one of the things that I didn't realize, which you should have, right, as an adult dating, is like finding time to go on dates with people, even if you're both interested in going on a date, is really hard. Um, yeah, when you're like, especially in, when you're in like careers. When you're already into your careers, it's hard. Well, that, but especially when you consider, like, I was at dance, hold on, what, 15 hours last week? Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, more than that if you count the competition on Saturday. I was at dance, like, 20 hours last week. I was at mm-hmm. dance for a part-time job. Yeah. Um, the girl I was going out with does, like, community theater and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so she was, like... Bef- the last month or so before we like she was in her community theater life and like in her other like we're both very busy adults yeah um and like different unlike different the adult, hobbies too different like, hobbies similar enough that's sim- not a problem well, yeah like not like not different in the sense of like this is gonna like make you two like diametrically opposed just like 
you know, you just, you can't, it's something, it's just one more thing that's like, y'all aren't going to run into each other at your, at your dancing and you're not going to. Yeah. Yeah. We're not at the same studio or, you know, we're not doing things like that, but it is, um, really funny how I hadn't even thought about the way, um, like just having, being busy adults, not adults who like, you know, go home from work and like plop down in front of the TV and just chill. Mm-hmm. Like being adults who are constantly out doing stuff. Oh yeah. Uh, just completely gets in the way of all kinds of dating. Oh yeah. Um, uh, and is it interesting? Like, oh yeah, that would be a problem for people who uh have like adult lives. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, that that's been interesting. Um, but yeah, that was funny. I got like no sleep. <laughs> uh, or I got five hours, which I used to be able to run on, and it just right. wrecked me for two days. And I'm like, ha! Ah, I'm old now. Uh, cool. Do we want to get to our actual topic? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see if we can actually keep to an hour. What do you think? Uh, I mean, you got to get up early, so... I should prob- we should probably keep to an hour. So we're not we should keep, keep to an to hour. An hour. Uh, we're going to talk about D&D, which means we're not going to stay anywhere near the hour. Um, <laughs> I mean, you're So, wrong. for anybody listening who's not init- like not familiar with D&D as an acronym, it's Dungeons and Dragons. Um, these days, it's super popular. Um, in large part because of Stranger Things. Yeah. Um, but also because of uh, Critical Role and a bunch of the other major actual Adventure play podcasts. Zone. Yeah. Yeah, Adventure Zone. Along with others that are. Um, those, those are just many. the two biggest, some of the biggest yeah. names. Um, have kind of made the act of playing D&D something people watch. I can't do it. I can't watch it because it takes uh, too much time. I'll be honest. Oh, it takes so much time. Oh, because those God. are like six-hour podcasts or videos or like. Yeah. Um, but everything I I love everything I see all the the snippets and the the quotes out of, uh, especially Critical Role. Like that's a yeah. fun cast. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the game that in the uh, '80s was the center of a moral panic about Satanism. Mm-hmm. Uh. Which I guess the two pagans talking about with a with a laugh in there, you know, doesn't really <laughs> lay anybody's mind to rest. Um, but uh, and so what it is is a tabletop role playing game. It is essentially a form of collaborative storytelling. Yeah. Um, with Dungeons and Dragons specifically, and other games designed very similar to it. You have what is the dungeon master, the game master, the uh, table master. I like the old school dungeon master term, but it gets kind of weird when you talk about running games for children and you're the dungeon master. Yeah. Uh, so we game master has kind of become the accepted generic term. Mm-hmm. Uh, who is in charge of running all of the uh, side characters... The NPCs, um, the non-player characters. Yeah, if you think about it like a TV show, the the uh, game master is the one running all the bad guys and running all the characters who aren't your main ensemble cast. Uh, your players are your main ensemble cl- cast. Um, 
I've been playing D&D now... Uh, call it seven years. Maybe a little longer. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe a little less. Uh, running game... I've been a game master most of my time playing. Uh, mostly running games for my friends. Um, we all started... Before we knew Jasmine, mm-hmm. we were like, alright, we should play D&D. We're a bunch of nerds who watch anime. We should probably play this thing called D&D. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we grabbed Pathfinder instead of Dungeons & Dragons. Because Pathfinder was free on the internet. Uh, and we played Pathfinder over the internet. <laughs> without any idea of what we were doing. That didn't go very well. But we liked playing. Uh, I liked running games. They liked playing. Um, and we shifted. We've played... Pathfinder, Dungeons & Dragons, a homebrew Mass Effect game, uh, the Fate System for... We tried to do Dr- uh, Dresden Files. We did Shadowrun for a little while. Uh, a very little while. Um, and a bunch of micro fic- micro tabletop role-playing games and story games. Uh, like, all kinds of stuff. Uh, and it's great. And then, Jasmine, I think we introduced you to D&D? Yes, yes. Yeah, y'all actually, um, we started, I always forget, because we've had, like, you know, basically an overarching, just, like, D&D type of, um, just, like, one campaign that we just kind of stuck with for, like, so long that I... We had like, two, actually. We had two, yeah, actually. Um, you're correct. We, we had two that were, like, long-running enough that just, like, just kind of took over my memory. But we started with, or rather, you guys started me with, um... Fate system, Mass Effect. Yes, and that was that was the first. That was my. And that was three years. Was ago. that really? That was really. That was the first time. That was the first. Uh, we were playing Mass Effect barely. F- I thought we did. We start a new game. Yeah. Or no. Oh, well, or did you join a current? I think I joined a current. Probably, I probably joined a current like. Huh. Or like you know, just some like random set. No, no, no. Actually, you know what I think? What I think happened was, which I think this also happened in the in the D, in the five E campaign, um, the first five E campaign, um, is like y'all had like your set Mass Effect group that you guys had like characters that y'all had done before, mm-hmm. and we just kind of took characters that were adjacent to, like. That. Oh yes, two point two point oh. Okay, yeah. yeah. Here we go. Yeah. Um, let's see. Or let's something. see. Let's. Uh, I was. I'm. I am such a lazy idiot. Oh yeah. There's your first mission. Uh, I keep notes, but I'm real bad. Um, so a lot of the things, uh, like GMs. There's a lot of different types of GMs, but you can really break it into the type who like plan everything out, have a story written, have all these plans for the characters, all of this stuff. Um, and then there's the other kind of DM who just wings it half the time, uh, or more than half the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm one of those DMs. <laughs> so my notes are all retroactive. Uh, we must have been watching, um, uh, Gate at the time of this anime, uh, at the time we ran this game, because yes, we, we had a contact for Pina Colada. Yes. Yep. We definitely um, were watching Kate. <laughs> Which makes me... Reading that as it is now makes me mad. Um, yeah. 
so Mass Effect is a video game series that like had three major games and then a fourth game that kind of just panned. Mm-hmm. But I have played so much of it. I stored all of that information in my head. And to this day, I can run a Mass Effect game largely from memory that sticks to the canon of the game of the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, almost down to the guns that everybody was using. It was bad. Um, but we had a blast doing it, so like... Yeah. Um, so yeah, you'll hear us throw around a lot of different names for types of D&D we were running, um, and those are all what amount to different systems that basically try to introduce storytelling elements and randomness into the world. Um, so when we talk about... 5e that is fifth edition dungeons and dragons that is the newest version of dungeons and dragons over the decades that dungeons and dragons has existed the rules have changed um fate is another system pathfinder is another system that actually takes a branch from dungeons and dragons that people really liked and runs with that as its primary guide um we've used other systems we played other systems but uh i don't know D&D has been awesome. Um, right now I'm part of a Mutants and Masterminds based, so a superhero game. Mm-hmm. And I'm a player for the first time. But it's weird because I don't know how to be a player. <laughs> um, and as it is, my character's a team lead and kind of the team strategist. Which makes me the off GM. Yeah, well... Like, I help keep players focused, I help keep the game moving... Because I'm the I'm the other GM on the table who has significant experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want to run a spooky Halloween game again if I can find the time for it. Um, but it's been uh, tabletop roleplay is amazing because it's very much uh, it's shared storytelling, which as a writer is a lot of fun. But it's also, like, a very intimate experience. And you as a player can probably speak a little better to this than me as the yeah. DM. Yeah, that was... That Especially was... as a player we brought in. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Relatively, was... like, we don't know you, but you're going to come play D&D with us <laughs> after spending a week with us. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think it's, it's, it's vulnerable because it's, like, I mean, depending on, you know, like, I think in, this, in the same way, in the same vein that there are different... Um, game masters, dungeon masters, etc. It's like you you have a similar thing with um with players, like um depending on just the like life experience slash just like preferences of all the players. Um, like you you know if you're if you come from like you know a theater acting background, then and like D and D like as a player is it's essentially improv. Like it is improv. It's just like yeah. it depends on the level of improv that you're willing to like you're willing to divulge into and everything um like so that that, that being I mean, said i will never do improv i actually kind of want to do improv to make myself a better D D player <laughs> see um but like i mean that's kind of why to an extent like um why shows like like critical role and the adventure zone and um that kind of stuff are or i guess those specifically since they're live live ish um if you're if you're talking about like adventure zone um but i would argue they're not even improv they are radio dramas 
Like their radio play style. They're still improv because it's like... They're improv radio play, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, It's definitely a mix between the two because like when you're, when you're, you know, those, those shows both started out like, you know, because as with a lot of, a lot of niche things nowadays, nobody knows what's going to really like, you know, blast off into, into niche popularity and stuff. So those both started out as pretty improv, like really, really heavily improv based type of stuff. Like that's not to like say that like the, the GMs of those two shows like hat didn't have plans or whatever, but they really got into the, the drama, the radio drama, so to speak, um, side of things once those like really got into popularity because they became popular. So they're, it necessitated a sort of a more heavily dramatized, heavier stakes sort of like world, I, I guess. Um, but yeah, I mean, like as like a as a player, you know, you're you're really you both players and like GMs DMs are pretty have have to do improv to to an extent, but you know, players range from like whether you want to do like character voices to like you know actually. <laughs> to oh. really being like, you know, in character, and that again can include the character voices or just general usually does. and what. And yeah, and usually, usually does. that's the easiest way to to get into character, so to speak, is to change your change your voice a little bit to match what you feel will fit the character or whatever. But you know, some I mean, some players some players just purely prefer the the like rolling dice side of things, the math side of things, and that's also where like the the style of of uh rpg comes in as well because like yeah because like was it pathfinders a little bit heavier on the math dresden files isn't that the one where you have to like do the math dresden files is really light it so what's the one where you have to like do the math of the shadow run and the way it's usually described is it's crunchy and soft systems Mm. so crunchy systems are uh things like shadow run uh, where literally one of the things you had to do was, like, determine, based on how far away you were, you would take negative modifiers to the dice you were rolling, or positive modifiers if you were using a long gun, that would determine, and then if you knew what the weather was, that would also add additional factors. Like, it was just, it's a lot of math. Mm-hmm. And it's the kind of math that, like, eventually players are supposed to have memorized and learn. Uh but is a lot of math. So you have... There are players who adore that. They want combat systems. Like, every combat is going to put them one step closer to death because everything they're doing... Like, if if their luck goes the wrong way, that's it, right? Yeah. Um, And then the soft systems are a lot more about telling stories. So Dresden Files and the Mass Effect systems were the fate system. Where basically players roll dice. Um, we never really did too much apocalypse system stuff, but uh, mm-hmm. where players roll dice that determine to what degree their success was. So their success could be no success, or their success could be they did it, but something still bad happened, or like something they didn't expect happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons goes a lot more to the soft side. And then, on top of that, as somebody who's been running games for so long, I mix and match pieces of systems. Because, mm-hmm. um, like, I like some of the crunchier stuff in 
uh, Pathfinder because it makes rewarding you easier. You have a plus one sword of magic as opposed to like this named artifact of blah 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 but it still is basically just a sword. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. So you get different styles of players. Um, both Adventure Time and uh, Critical Role are more on the roleplay side. Yeah. Uh, and I love them. They're amazing. They also make me feel like a terrible DM. But they're also... Because I don't do voices. Yeah, but uh, those are also like... not. I don't think everybody... Um, I know every, well everybody in Critical Role are all voice actors. So Right, yeah, they they're all, they're so, improv specialists. They're so that's, like that's this is like this is like they were their careers was kind of made for this, honestly. Like this what this kind of hobby was like something that they were gonna be good at just by basis of like their or I guess like when I say good at it, like this isn't to downgrade anybody who doesn't do those voices or whatever, but like they were able to do the kind of entertaining. Yeah, that, yeah. At this uh, level, to to an audience of of their caliber, that was kind of what they were made to do. Adventure Zone, you get kind of a little bit more of just the fact that all these dudes are just like charismatic, like good at improv type of dudes. I know that one guy on one of one of the one of the one of the McElroy brothers graduated with a with a theater degree. I don't know about the rest of them, but I also know that like the rest one they also they already had a podcast. They already had multiple podcasts before the adventures yeah. had started. And two was it two of the brothers did videos for Polygon? Or they both two of them work for Polygon? Oh, no. One of McElroy them did... Brothers are your yeah. Uh... I'm I don't even know honestly because I don't I don't know exactly, but I do know that like Griffin McElroy had his like his Polygon whatever, and I think Justin McElroy also worked for Polygon at some point or another. But all of that to say that like those two, those those two shows both like had kind of they just fell in not fell into it like they didn't have any skill or whatever didn't work at it but like they just kind of came together those shows came together because of like a lot of luck and a lot of well-timed things and also yeah, and existing skill sets that yeah, made them exactly they were able to be what is it like the the kind of so what makes uh D podcasts interesting in a lot of ways is people are deep enough in character that you can forget that it's characters rolling, that players rolling dice. Yeah. Um, which you can talk about a lot more because you actually watch them. Yeah. Uh, so, like, having people willing to be the improv, able to do the improv voices and stuff, makes them a little more interesting. That usually tends to mm-hmm. be... A lot of the big ones are famous voice actors. Yeah. Not so famous voice actors, but really good voice actresses yeah. and voice actors. It's actually kind of interesting now that I'm kind of thinking about it, especially, like, in regards to, like, quote-unquote, like, being them being so in a character that you forget that they're rolling dice. It honestly kind of, it has a little bit of, like, a video game sort of feel to it in the sense of, like, with video games, it's, like, in, you know, especially, I guess it's, like, more of, like, a Until Dawn, like, Life is Strange sort of, like, video game experience in the sense of, like, 
these roles are the choices that you're making, that the, the players are making, that fate is making, I guess, is more of an accurate thing. But it kind of has that sort of, like, you know, you're into the you're into the storyline, you're into it, you're into the characters, blah, blah, blah. But, like, my brain was, like, hardwired to, to kind of understand this and to enjoy this because of my own, like, enjoyment of video games that have kind of a similar, like, fate-like experience or whatever. So it's kind yeah. of, like, comparable to that, if that helps anything, but it's interesting yeah. to think about, but... Um, but, yeah, um, how is it, because I think we threw you in, but we what, we did what? You came with us to SakuraCon. Yeah. And then what? Two um, weeks later came and played D&D with us? I don't remember when the timing was, honestly, because it was so... Because a lot again, this is another one of those cases where you've always been there. Yeah. <laughs> um, Even if you haven't actually always been there. <laughs> um, yeah, I really, I honestly, I don't remember to like when exactly I started playing like D and D, Mass Effect um, stuff. Because I know that like we also had like in between all of that was also like we had good anime to watch. So, like, one yeah. of kind of the reasons that I think we, we also, like, really got into our D&D campaign was also just by basis of the fact that, like, we didn't have nearly as much anime as we did in that first season when we were first, like, hanging out. Like, that first season... Well, we were, we were still doing D&D even before you, like, Oh, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Like, that, like, that's not to, like... That was just, like... I'm just saying, like, for the context of, like, our friendship and mm, when this, like... Possibly, yeah. And when it, like, fell in, I think that, like... Like, I mean, it was also, like, a conscious choice because, like, also, like, you, you know, choices and whatever. But I, I, but just timing. I don't know timing because, again, we had anime that we were watching. We had, like, I don't know, other shit we were watching. And then, like, we were, like, let's just try. Do you want to try to do some RPG stuff? All right, cool. Let's try it. And down into another rabbit hole I fell. So. Yes. And that was also, like, about the same year that, like, Critical Role had another wave of, like, Critical Role really came in, like, waves as far as popularity goes. Like, it got that initial wave when it really first started coming out, whenever that was, and then it got into, there was another wave that it, like, fell into, like, the year that and I... And we hit the D&D Golden Age. Yeah, we kind of, I fell into what this are... about the same time that the D&D Golden Age, like, really started to... to come back because like you said stranger things also came that same year i think too so it was just yeah. or the Ooh, year sorry. after or something um, um yeah stranger things was really a major pusher of the yeah. uh kind of the D golden age yeah. um but this was before stranger things had dropped like uh we hit the golden age stranger things came out and really like rolled it kept it rolling yes yeah um uh but yeah so one of the things we taught you and it's a tradition that stems from me um having been taught i think stranger things came out sorry to interrupt stranger things came out july mid-july of 2016 and that was the year that we first really started hanging out so it like Okay, for we you really, it was, yeah. We really timed it. <laughs> um, anyway. So, no, for me, 
really like we got into as a group we were like all right we're we're freshmen in, I'm like I'm, we're freshmen in college technically I'm also a junior but uh we're all giant ass nerds why don't we play D&D mm-hmm. like yeah. nothing about D&D sounds not fun we all play video games we should do this mm-hmm. and it was everybody's like okay but who wants to run the game I'm like I write for fun I'm a world builder for fun I will do the video, like, I'll do the the hard work. Mm-hmm. Um, also, none of the rest of them are going to take up the hard work. Yeah. Uh, which sounds like now that, like, ever, I think almost everybody has now run a game at some point. Um, from that group. But, uh, and I had learned, it had, basically it was traditions passed down from me, but uh, tabletop role-playing gamers are some of the most superstitious... But, like, don't want to admit they're superstitious people I have ever met. Oh, yeah. Um, and the traditions are wonderful about dice. Um, it's things, like, as simple as you don't touch another player's dice without their permission. The DM should not touch your dice no matter what. Um, because it's bad luck if the, if the game master, t- uh, dungeon master, like, messes with your dice. Um, the kind of bad luck that, like, players will actually blame on the dungeon master for touching their dice. As this player would know. Well, yes, but also, you also have things like me, or I guess players like me, who just genuinely have shitty luck anyway. So... (laughs) Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so some of the traditions are simple. Like, it's you respect players' dice. Uh, some of them are a little sillier, like you leave your dice on 20s, or you don't leave your dice on 20s. Yeah, or 1s. Uh, Never leave it on or the ones. extremes. Or 1s. Never on a 1. So in traditional Dungeons & Dragons, you have multiple sets of polyhedral dice. You have 20-sided dice, 12-sided dice, 10-sided dice, 8-sided dice, uh, 6-sided dice, 4-sided dice, 3-sided dice. Um, not every system uses them, but those are the traditional D&D dice. Uh... You, in 90% of systems, a if you roll a 20 on a d20, it is a critical success. If you roll a 1 on a d20, it is a critical failure. Mm-hmm. Players will leave their dice, either will leave their dice on the 20 to train their dice to land on the 20. <laughs> or won't leave their dice on the 20 to train their, to not use up the luck of the dice by leaving it on the 20. Uh, nobody ever leaves it on the one because the one is just bad luck. Yeah. Uh, I am one of the players who w- who refuses to leave my dice on the twenty. I am convinced that it drains the luck from the tw- from the dice. Yep. I don't remember what you guys ended up being. I'm I'm on the the uh, the don't leave it on the twenty, leave it on the mids, and also like the rolling at the beginning like i always especially once you kind of get to a point like there's the other thing of like either you want to talk about addictions i mean yeah like because because you know you, you I think, buy so many dice oh my god lucy do not eat that that is my nice shirt i like this shirt don't uh, chew on you it you end up buying like i own let's see in my backpack right now i have five sets of player dice including a beautiful beautiful set of amethyst dice um a metal set of dice 
and a bunch of gorgeous different plastic, uh, almost entirely chess X dice. But I also have like six sets of DM dice. Um, and a 36 set of micro D6s because I needed those at some point for something. And I still buy dice. Um, and that doesn't include the like 10 like individualized cheap like Black Friday sales sets of dice I carry in my DM bag along with the mismatched one pound of dice. Uh, like at any given moment if I have my DM bag and my backpack I am set up to run two complete games of Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> like uh, usually a game is one DM and four to five, three to five players. Uh, a little more than that, and it becomes hard to manage that many people mm-hmm. and keep a story moving at a decent pace. Uh, one and two players you can do. Uh, it just tends to be a little less fun than the five-ish range. Is like the sweet spot for uh, tabletop parties in general. Yeah. Um, some DMs have other sweet spots, but like generally speaking, that is kind of the the good spot Mm. um yeah so you have all kinds of stuff like that um like we don't leave our dice and i and you inherited that habit from me yeah um and i think uh i want to say mads was a leave it on the 20 to train it but generally speaking like our group was we had the same set of dice habits uh, yeah. largely inherited from me who inherited them from one of the elder geeks at my uh, college um, like you know there's a chain to this line of like dice culture yeah uh, and the next time I start a new group of D&D or when I run D&D in the hospital that chain keeps going um, it's really funny but the other thing is a lot of like gamers in general are agnostic atheists like don't believe in gods they, if they play tabletop games, they will all swear to the dice gods. Um, it's one of the funniest things in the world. Uh, Jasmine has literally thrown dice away. Oh yeah, like I gave uh, away a because whole she set rolls of dice. so bad on them. Well, it was and it was also like my first set of dice. Funnily enough, that I ever bought, it ended up being yeah. the one that really fucked me over the most. So. That's another actually like dice, um, dice type of uh, tradition, um, superstition, whatever, is um, if you give the dice away, like if you if you have a bad set of dice or quote unquote bad set of dice, giving you bad luck, whatever, giving that away and like gifting those dice to another person, supposedly can help that luck, like in the opposite direction of like by gifting it and it becomes good luck for somebody else um and yeah there's a lot of well uh, well like you know dumb shit like that that we're we're subscribing to because all of our our precious characters and our precious story is like is predicated on on the fate of, of of this dice so maybe if we futilely believe in it enough it'll work the dice are used, uh, just in case I didn't clarify it, are basically used to add an element of randomness. Like, there are just pure collaborative storytelling games. Those are really fun, too. But those tend to require your players, everybody to be willing to, like, work together to tell a story and not just be like, 
And John got the ultimate object out of the well and blew up the bad guy. Yeah. Um, The dice in tabletop role-playing games are designed to basically keep that chance realm and randomness um, that real life has, right? Like, just because I can shoot a gun doesn't mean I can hit the target every time, even if I'm a really good shot. Sometimes just bad luck happens. Um, So the dice are in there to basically implement different levels of realism or, like, reality or random luck, uh, which makes the story fun because you never know what's going to happen. Um, In our first 5e campaign, which we ran for a good while, like a year and a half or something, right? Yeah, something like that. Um... We came into the city, and I was running, like, first time running 5e, I'm using the starter module. There's a city in the area. They all decide to go to the city. The starter module has no information on the city. You're not supposed to stop in the city. So, of course, the players stop in the city. Uh, A random nat 20, um, like, so roll, it lands on the 20, doesn't really matter what your modifiers are because that's a critical. Basically changed the entire tone of that city uh, for the party's favor, sort of. Um... That was the one where Taylor ended up having it, the, the 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 city worship Taylor's god, right? Because Taylor was yes. like a paladin. That's right. That's right. I'm remembering. Yes. Um, uh, random bullshit luck <laughs> completely changed the entire arc of the story. Um, which was fun. Like that's more fun than the story we were playing, uh, and more interesting and better at like investing players um so that's what the dice are for and but they also like determine whether or not you live or die and if you can't roll good rolls which statistically just means nothing but like you know you feel bad you feel like you have no luck oh yeah it gets dark (laughs) um we had, in the game I'm a part of right now, we literally scrapped a character. Like, a player retired a character because she couldn't roll well. Hmm. Ever. The character was awesome. Super cool. Never got a hit off when they needed to. Mm. Uh, so they retired the character. Like, flat out retired the character. Uh, and rolled up a new character and started over because... You you eventually, as a human, attach a bad a, lu- a status of bad luck to a thing and be like, no, I'm not going to keep messing with that. Yeah. Uh, that's not going the way it should. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Now, D&D, and like, you know, we've been very careful to avoid too many detailed antidotes because yeah. there's a lot fun in swapping D&D stories. When you're not expecting it, letting somebody just having somebody just ramble about their game mm-hmm. isn't always fun because you're not as invested in their game. Yeah. Because you haven't heard their game. Yeah. Um. um yeah. Anything. I mean, uh, it's like I think that we and we kind of we talked a little bit about it too. Um. 
like or at least like if kind of skirted around around it a little bit but like the other thing about like not swapping stories too can kind of come from like a like the like these these store like these characters can become so personal to you too like i think that yeah. that's something that i wasn't really expecting but really kind of fell into um when i first started playing was just the fact that like you know no matter how like you're you know no matter what like quote unquote like level of role playing or whatever that your game that you're playing your game like these the characters that you play or like the world that you build can become so so personal and you can feel yeah. so invested just by nature and all, and you know that also comes from like the fact that like you know you're like when it comes down to it it's like you're you're sitting in a room with like you know you and your nerdy ass friends just like rolling some fucking dice it's like <laughs> and like you know there's an element of like personal like you know like you know there's an element of just like this is so personal because of that too but like you know you that's you know one of like the i don't know better part of but one of the best parts about like D D is just how like i have made three players cry Haha, one of them's the simple right act <laughs> of killing a player. Yeah. Having a player, a character retire. Yeah. And they cried. Yeah. Uh, and it wasn't just you, it was the entire party cried. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, like, that's how real this gets. Mm-hmm. Um. They made me sign a contract not to kill the party dog. <laughs> a contract that was very specifically worded and done in duplicate. Yeah. Um. <sighs> Sorry. <laughs> ah. Because that's the kind of, like... That's how deep these get. Um, yeah. But also... I think one of the things, and we didn't, we haven't touched on it a ton. I mentioned briefly, like, I I have used D&D once in work. We are all, as a community, very excited to use D&D in work. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's not just, it it is like, the story gets personal. The story gets real. You come to care for these characters because you're invested in them. You are them to a certain extent, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but also, it's social interaction like genuine in face to face social interaction uh that's serious like meaningful play right yeah uh and play is how is a fundamental factor in how you like form bonds with people um Mm -hmm. and it's a play that's different from video game play i love video games i mean that's my job Mm -hmm. but like tabletop and board games to a certain extent too are super important or like generate a very different sense of play yeah um but also it's a form of control like this is your story as much as the dm is there like guiding the big these are your stories um like i'm sure you guys all have stories you remember way more detailed than i do yeah from sessions that i'm like all right that was like a fun we kind of did the story plot but like i didn't really get there and you guys like you know 
have these moments that you remember from your characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, uh, didn't think about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and so there's... And you're seeing it a little bit more in here and there. Uh, there's charities like Game to Grow that do group therapy through Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. Because it's a... It is... Well, it is also... It is incredibly vulnerable. The idea of, like, role-playing in front of other people, especially strangers. Yeah. It's also, like, a little more freeing. It's why I love the Masquerade Balls. Because there's a step of, like, everybody's here to expect to play. So you can put a little bit more of, like, yourself out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, like, I'm running a and d game in a week for people in four different time zones <laughs> uh, who are all my peers. Like, people who are in the same field as me. Uh, I don't know how many of them are going to show up, but at least three, at least a couple of them. I, I ran a game for one of, uh, at PAX. For, my, for the group of peers who were there at PAX. Uh, for guys who've like always wanted to play D&D, who are in their 30s, late 30s, who haven't. Uh, and literally they all just couldn't stop talking about it the next day. Um, and we didn't do a lot. We got on an airship, got into a, tried to get into a bar fight, screwed that up, <laughs> got into a different bar fight, got kicked off the airship, like we didn't we didn't go fight a dragon we didn't do anything, and I don't think I've seen a group of people laughing quite that hard. Um, over just them being stupid, like their characters being stupid, right? Mm-hmm. And we did it till like midnight, till the con was like you have to leave. We've been working all day. Um, like it's crazy how powerful tabletop RPGs are. And I feel like I've talked too much. Talk some about talk some of your stuff about tabletop RPG. Um, I don't know. I mean, like, <laughs> I'm. What was I'm it actually... like? Do you remember what it was like playing with us? Like, what do you mean, like the very first time? Yeah, like back when you started. It was we. It was weird, just because it was something that I wasn't used to, and I think that there's also. I think as with, like, anything, you know, there's, like, that kind of learning curve of, like, I don't understand how this dice rolling works. Like, I don't understand how the math works. So it's, like, you, like, I remember not really understanding how to do that. I remember just not really knowing how to, like, yeah, not really, not, you know, it's something you, you have to, it's a learning curve of, like, you have to learn how to navigate the space and, and then, you know, also have to you know work with work with the people around you like you know especially like you know and i feel like that's something that's that people are just gonna fall into like no matter like what you know how long you've been friends with like you know a group of people or whatever the first time that y'all play D &D together it's gonna be a little bit of a learning curve in that in that regard too but i think also something that we haven't talked about that's like important to mention too is that like you know we, we kind of again like kind of tiptoed around it and everything but it's like for all that it's great that we have shows like critical role and the adventure zone and that kind of and you know all these all these other like great like let's play type of type of shows that are happening it's also really important to like you know go into go into like your own like personal D D game with like 
not low expectations or whatever, but also, like, don't come into it expecting to, like, have that same experience. Because, like we said before, it's like... You're not a professional voice actor. You're not... Or if you are... And like, yeah, yeah. Sweet. Yeah, shoot. Like, okay, maybe you are. And, like, maybe that is something that you should expect of, like, you you know, you're, the group that you're with or whatever. In which case, like, okay, cool, cool beans. But, um... You do you, yeah. But, like, you know, if you're, you know, like, one of us who that's not, like, you know, the job that you do or whatever, and that's just not something that, like, that's just, you know, not the way that you play all of the time. It's like, you know, just kind of go into it with more like reasonable expectations like you know just go hang out with your friends and whatever like again that's the biggest thing i think with with D that really got me into it like with you guys and everything was the fact that like i don't know you're again you're just you're you're like hanging out with your friends and just like being nerdy and and like stupid at times and like sometimes really vulnerable like i mean you know a lot of the time really vulnerable in you know varying degrees but, like, I don't... <laughs> That's the biggest thing, and something that actually D&D kind of really taught me to do was kind of be vulnerable in, in a lot of ways with, like, with you guys and with, like, all of my friends. It's it's really... It's actually yeah. buck wild how, like, how much shit I've learned from playing D&D. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and as somebody who's run it for so long, it it's equally, like impressive right mm-hmm. like it's equally scary in a lot of ways mm-hmm. um because i'm like and sometimes so sometimes i'm lazy sometimes i'm like fuck it i do all this world building for my writing we're just gonna go play in that world yeah uh and i've used done that before and what i've learned most of the time is oh um doesn't matter how much world building you do, your player's gonna be like, "What's in the What's in the building down the street that with like?" And I'm like, "I don't know. It had a weird sign in front of it. What kind of weird sign? This. What does that mean? What do they eat there? Uh. Oh, okay. What's the bathroom look like? I hate you. You know, like. <laughs> uh, which is great if you're a world builder. If you're a crazy world builder like I am, like it's a great way to like force yourself to have to learn a very specific style of like if you're going to try to do the world building thing uh it kind of like tricks you but yeah um we said we we're gonna try to keep it to an hour we can ramble forever on D uh and we will probably come back to this topic if at the very least maybe record ourselves playing a game mm-hmm. uh, because one of the things I miss now that I've moved away and we're all in different time zones is I play a game here with my friends. I'm going to run a game for my coworkers, But, like, I miss playing D&D with Jasmine. Yeah. And, like, my friends from back home who... Like, you know how we they play. For, yeah, we, we, we grew up playing, like, we as D&D careers go, we came up together. We all know how each other plays. We all know what that means. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which makes me always a little more comfortable than even with the friends I've made down here who I've known for almost two years, you know, most of two years now. Um, although the other thing is, eventually I want to try to get other people to play with me and just to see how they, like, play D&D. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, because that's always fun. Like, it's always fun to get somebody new. Not in a mean way, but, like, a like somebody who's not usually... Mm-hmm. Uh, you wouldn't expect to play D&D to try to sit down and play, because that's always interesting. Oh, yeah. Uh, in those cases, you, you, you go as, like, rules light as you possibly can. Yeah. Um, because crunchy rules scare people. Uh, but, yeah. Sweet. Um, I, you can find me at Redbreard on just about anything. Um, I actually have a couple sessions of D&D up, um, that I ran with one of our friends, Taylor, um, and we recorded and put up a couple episodes of, like, somewhere out, somewhere out there on the internet. <laughs> uh, I don't actually know where, so good luck finding that. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, you can find me at Redbeard, R E D B R E A R D. I've been playing a lot of WoW lately. If you see me in WoW, WoW Classic, Pagel server, come say hi <laughs> for the alliance. Um, and you can find me at uh, forgets which handles which. Oh, you can find me at Birdie with a Y dot cause on Instagram, and then Mockingbirds with a three instead of a c on twitter uh i'm in fire emblem hell right now i don't even play it still i'm not even come on i I don't have a i don't have the money for a switch get a switch light they're they're a hundred dollars less yeah which that's that's christmas present like the the goal is christmas present and uh uh and then i'll play i'll start playing fire emblem in december and shit um but I am right now working on a Felix cosplay. I was gonna do Dimitri. Are you really? I am legitimately. Having never played the game, I have listened. Taylor has ranted to me enough and has given me enough screenshots. I feel Edelgard was right. I can't believe how many. How many? Wait, how many rocks? I've only finished that. one I was route. gonna say because <laughs> like. <laughs> and then I started playing WoW. I want to go back. I love that game. It's but, good. Uh, you got. You have to get the the bigger context of, even if I I have a feeling you're still gonna think that Edelgard is right. But like, <laughs> just get the big. Just, this is incomprehensible to anybody listening. Yeah. So sorry. Apologies. But also, Fire Emblem's really good. I say that again as somebody who hasn't played it yet. But like, did you pick up? You were last I heard you were playing the uh, Awakening. Yes, I'm still. That I gave you. I'm still playing that. Um, I'm in the. I just got. Oh God, what characters am I? Did I get? Um, I'll be honest. You can tell me, and I won't remember. Okay, never mind. Um, there's no anyone. There's no one really like besides the. There's one character who looks like a lesbian on a horse, and I love her, and I would die for her. There's always one character who looks like a lesbian yes. on a horse. <laughs> that I'm one, not even kidding. I mean, yes, you, you're correct. Um. But I love her and would die for her. Um, and um, everybody else is pretty nondescript as far as I've met. Um, yeah, it's not quite the same magic that yeah, but like, Three Houses has. Uh, yeah, and that's also like understandable. That's fine. I also like ch- am cheated, have cheated a little bit and I asked Mads how I get Inigo. Inigo? Is that the dude? Is that the good boy? That's one of the good boys. I don't know. I asked how to get one of the characters, so I'm like, I have to 
I now know about some some spoilers and some time travel that has to happen in Awakening. So yep. I love that. But anyway, um, that's where I'm at. I'm in Fire Emblem Hell on Twitter. And you can wa- you can probably catch glimpses of cosplay progress on both of those two, on both of my handles. And all of that, uh, Alexander's and my handles and all that bullshit is uh, on like the description of the of the episodes and all that stuff. If you don't know how to spell things, because we spell things weird, but. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I know we're supposed to wrap up, but uh, I've been playing WoW Classic, and one of the items I forgot about in the game is Redbeard's Shield. Ha! Spelled normally. Uh-huh. This is the fourth or fifth time I've picked up this item throughout the history of WoW. It's a rare drop item, but I've played the stupid amount of WoW. Um, every... I've gotten it on my main character every time, but every time I get it, I misread it. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that's cool. This this shield takes on its char- the character name. That's ha. fun. Ha. Uh, what's bad is, at this point, I can't even spell Blackbeard right. Or say it right half the time. Like, I'm consciously forcing myself to do that. And I'm not the only one. Uh, a bunch of my friends will be like, yeah, Blackbeard. Wait. Uh, or like, Redbeard. No, that said Redbeard. Oh. I love it. My name is so dumb, but we've had it, I've had it for so long that everybody makes that mistake. Um, Alright. Thank you guys for listening. We actually almost hit an hour. I'm really proud of us. Hell yeah. <laughs>